Welcome to this Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Ashley Bastak, joined here with Mary Kay Cabot. This is our last podcast without Dan Lobby, Mary Kay, which I know I am grateful for as the person who has stressed out editing these episodes this week. So without Dan here, I think you and I both wanted to have a little fun and jokingly do what we call our Olsen Twins Ask Me Anything kind of podcast. And our Football Insider subscribers really came through with this. Um, they came up with some great non-X's and O's Browns questions for us that I got to to pull via our subtext. So I'm really excited to get to those. But I know first we kind of wanted to promo because some of the questions that you guys wanted to ask us about were related to being women in this business. And Mary Kay and I on April 20th are actually taking part in the Cleveland.com and Plain Dealer Women's Summit that's sponsored by CSU, taking place at CSU. Uh, We're going to be on a panel talking about being women in a very male-dominated field, and we're going to be on that panel alongside a Browns connection, Browns assistant receivers coach Callie Brownson. So I know we just kind of wanted to take a little bit of time and talk about that event and and promote it for you guys a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's really going to be a great event. Uh, one of my very, very dear friends, uh, Liz Farrow, is going to be speaking at it. Uh, she's with a phenomenal organization called Girls with Soul. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting. And there's just going to be a great, great lineup of women speakers who are, you know, out there just trying to do the best we can in sometimes some challenging situations. So uh, please come along and uh, we'd love to see you there. And there will be more information on our social media and we'll have the links uh, available for you. Yeah. And if you guys want to keep track here and like, you don't have to be a woman to attend this event. First of all, it's open for everybody. And we would love to get some Browns fans there and kind of hear us talk about our careers and everything like that. So if you want more information, you can head over, like Mary Kay said, this will be on both of our social medias, but feel free to head over to events.cleveland.com slash women's summit. You can find all the information there. You can register there. And we even have a fun discount code for you. If you use the code women's summit 25, you get 25% off your tickets for that day. And again, this is April 20th. So you still have a few weeks at CSU and you can come and see Mary Kay and I talk and, and all that good stuff. So with that being said, Mary Kay, let's get to some of the questions that our insiders had for us. Um, I really liked this one first from Jim Davenport in Columbus, Ohio, who he wants to know specifically for you, Mary Kay, how your job has changed over your career covering this testosterone driven sport, Jim's words there, um, and how you and I would compare our starts in the industry. Like, is there something that you had to experience that was maybe a bit more on the negative side that you don't see me having to go through and kind of what I think about, you know, having a positive that I haven't had the chance to experience that I'm coming into this business now, as opposed to when you started. Yeah. I mean, I was one of the the pioneers really. I mean, there were only a few before me, including Marla Ridenauer, our very, very good friend, uh, formerly from the Akron Beacon Journal and other places. And now she's doing some things for Cleveland Magazine. Good for her. Um, but, you know, she was just right before me. And then I was sort of just, you know, on the tail end of the very first wave of female sports writers breaking into this business. And it's vastly different now than it was back then. I mean, 100% completely different. And Marla and I, we have tons of stories about, you know, right? I mean, we do. We've got a lot of stories about trying to get uh, into the locker room to be able to do our job. I mean, I've been, uh, you know, I've been, I've had doors slammed in my face. I've had all different kinds of things happen to me just in terms of, uh, you know, like being on the road. I remember when I used to first cover the Cleveland Browns, I used to get prank phone calls in my hotel room all the time. And, um, you know, just from, you know, people, you know, someone saying just inappropriate things. And so I used to have to have my phone calls blocked because back then we stayed in the team hotel. We stayed mm-hmm. in the same hotel. You know, we had, we got this great rate and that's why we all did that. It was just how things were done back then. And so I used to have to have my phone blocked. Um, I, I've had a lot of things that, you know, that went on, you know, in the locker room there, you know, I've had, I remember in early baseball locker rooms, I had, you know, tape wadded up and thrown at me. Um, you know, it was the wild, wild west back then. Yeah. And it really was. And, you know, we had to, you know, really blaze that trail. And we had to really kind of 
be very careful about how we dressed, what we said, where we were, what we did. And it's kind of funny now because, you know, I see all the, a lot of the, you know, younger, you know, women in the business and, you know, they're, you know, some of them, you know, and they get to wear what they want to wear and say what they want to say. And I'm happy for them because that's good. I think people should try to be themselves whenever they can be themselves. But we had to, to blaze that trail and pave the way so that, you know, so that you don't get tape thrown at your head in yeah. the locker room and so that you don't get prank phone calls in the, you know, when you're trying to be on the road during your job and so that you don't get the door slammed in your face when all the guys are going into the locker room post game and you're on deadline and your boss is waiting for a story and you can't get in the locker room to get your job done. Uh, so there were plenty of things like that. And even some, you know, some of the guys, when I first started the plane dealer, were not overly thrilled about the whole thing about having a woman uh, be in there. I remember one guy saying to me early on, uh, he just point blank said to me, you know, your star might be rising now. But one day it's going to be falling. And it was just like, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Nice to to meet you too. Um, (laughs) But, you know, there have been many, many, many things like that. I mean, I've had situations in the locker room and I don't like, I'm not going to go too deeply into all of that right now. But I remember there was a situation where, uh, you know, a player actually did put his hand on my skirt in the locker room. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, but the way that I dealt with it back then is I usually had like a protector or two Mm -hmm. on the team that, you know, a guy that was, you know, that would a player that was in my corner that would just handle it. You know, I would go to a team leader and I would just get it handled because I did back then. If you wanted to continue to do your job and be able to come to work the next week, like you didn't want to be the story. I did not want to be the story. So I found ways of handling those kinds of situations. Um, but you know, back then you really had to be really, really tough to do the job. You had to be really tough. And I think you still have to be tough, but I think we broke down a lot of those barriers. I think we, uh, you know, just went headlong through some of those walls and made it so, you know, that the, the young females coming up now, you know, don't have to fight as many battles as we did. And I'm telling you now, when I say that it was the wild, wild west in the locker room, I mean, seriously, like even, especially in the baseball locker rooms. Oh yeah. Wild, wild, right. Wild, wild west. And I think like, it's so important for women. And I think I, when I was like in college, especially tried to make a point to understand the history, like not just of teams I wanted to cover, but of women in this business. And I remember when I was in college, ESPN did that nine for nine film series for Title IX. And there was actually a whole movie about women reporters gaining access to the locker room. And I know like the baseball story seemed to be the craziest at the time, but I do think like it's really important for somebody like my age who is in their thirties, who hasn't been doing this that long to understand like how far we've come in like a relatively short amount of time. Like these aren't some far off stories like you and Marla I've worked with and you had to experience this. So I think it definitely kind of gives you a new like perspective or appreciation or just like an idea of what it took for you to like me as a reporter to even be able to stand in that locker room every day during Brown's practices. Like it wasn't a very easy streamlined process to get to that point. Well, it was very evident early on when I first met you that you had an appreciation for those that have come before you. And I really do, uh, you know, think that that's one of the reasons why you are so successful in your career right now, because you really do understand what it took to get here, you know, and you've paid your dues. You, You know, you got sort of plopped onto the Browns beat, which is amazing, but you've paid your dues in other places. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people, you know, probably need to know that too, that, you know, you, you know, you came up the old school way. You're very old school for a, (laughs) for a new young female reporter in the business. You're old school. Like you fit in with me and Marla because you just sort of have that old soul way about you. And you appreciate, you know, you have an understanding and appreciation for the fact that, you know, that it did take a little bit to get to this point. Yeah. And as far as like the other part of Jim's question about, is there something that I wish I had gotten to experience that I haven't? And I mean, Mary Kay and Marla and I have talked about this all the time. It's just like the access was just totally different, like not 
in a social media world, not in a 24-7 news cycle, like the stories you have about covering even like the Belichick Browns teams and like traveling, you know, staying at the team hotel and traveling with him for scouting trips. Like we don't get to do any of that stuff. And it's not just us. It's like any NFL reporter around the league. No one really has that kind of access anymore. Um, And just the fun stories you guys all have from, from back then as a beat. Like I think we're a pretty close beat now, but it just seemed like on another level that you guys always talk about other beats around the country were jealous of the Browns beat and how much fun you guys had. Yeah. I think that's because there were, probably like 11 or 12 of us that traveled to every single road game. And we were a very tight knit group. And even though we were competitive with each other, we had so much fun together. And, uh, you know, we also really bonded through the, you know, we trauma bonded through covering Bill (laughs) Belichick. Yeah. Right. And so we have so many stories about that. And uh, it is different now because not everybody travels. I mean, there, there have been times where uh, I remember during, you know, there have been road trips where it's like, me and one other person sometimes. Uh, and part of that was during COVID. But um, but now, you know, we've got a nice little group that, you know, we travel and we have a good time together. But it is a little different than it was back in the day. And uh, hopefully people will chronicle all of those years because they, they were pretty special. Yeah. And kind of like along those lines, Terry Richards from Peoria, Arizona, wanted to ask me, like, what has it meant to be mentored by Mary Kay? So along those lines, like, obviously, it was different when you got into the business when there weren't as many women. And like, I think there's still not like a ton of women. Like, I'm really lucky that I came onto a beat with you and Marla. Like, I think it's very unique that you and I even are able to sit here right now and do a podcast. Like how many other outlets across the country really even have that? So like, I think it's it's just a unique experience. And I think it's something that I've been really grateful for because I'm from Cleveland. So I grew up like wanting to be like Mary Kay and can't ever be Mary Kay. And I think like, that's the biggest thing I've learned from her is like, Mary Kay is always herself and she is funny and she's great at her job and like never afraid to be herself. And I think that's like really important in your in this business because I think you have to be genuine and that makes your reporting more genuine to other people and, and the people that you cover, I think. Well, thank you. That's very You're nice welcome. of you to say. But yeah, we, no, we were we were fast friends. I mean, yeah. the, it was like the minute I met you, I felt already close to you. Um, we just got close really fast, mm-hmm. uh, right? I mean, yeah. we just like, you know, it's funny because, you know, I always tell my daughter, like, Ashley's one of my best friends. Like we've only, know. known, each, we've only known each other since last year. And yet, know. you know, we'll text each other maybe five times a day. But, um, yep. but that's what know. happens when we work as much as we do too. Like, yeah. you know, I think that just kind of, it's, it's like, we're lucky that we like each other and get along. Yes. Cause if we didn't, I think our days would be nightmarish. Yes. And in addition to that, we have, great fun with Dan, right? I mean, like, (laughs) we bully poor Dan sometimes. (laughs) I mean, we really, really um, all get along really well. And we work really, really well together. And, um, you know, it's just it's been a lot of fun. And I, I love, you know, sharing whatever, you know, whatever I can with you and kind of showing you the way and I hope that, you know, somewhere down the road, um, you know, you will say, Oh, yeah, I do that. I remember this. Yeah. yeah, I remember this, you know, and, and hopefully you're, you know, picking up some of those little things along the way, because I don't necessarily feel like I have to say them too much. Yeah. I feel like it's best That's to true. just kind of like just watch and see how, you know, see how I work at the combine or see, right? You know oh, what I yeah. Mean? It's like seeing like you in those situations, like even I always think about the week the Jadavian Clowney story happened this year. And I think like at one point it was like, the day after you posted that story and you looked over at me and you were like, I hope you are learning like a lot about what happens when you publish a story like this. And I was like, (laughs) I feel like I learned more in the last 48 hours than like I learned in my college journalism classes. Like it's so true. Like you cannot replicate a lot of this stuff. And it's like, it's just about absorbing it and like trying to be like a sponge. So yeah, I think that's really important. So the short answer is great to be, have Mary Kay as a mentor to consider her that and a friend even more so. Um, so let's switch gears now from our careers to some other questions you guys had for us. So um, I always kind of like these like Clevelandy questions because we're both 
Northeast Ohio natives. So I think we have good perspective on like things to do here and underrated things. So Mike Chester from Maryland, you're either Mike Chester or you are Mike from Chester, Maryland. <laughs> we I'm never know. Sure now that I read this, but I'm going to go with Mike Chester from Maryland. <laughs> Mike and his wife are go. they travel to Cleveland for the first home game every year. They usually go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but he wants to know what are some lesser known places, sites, or events that they could do or visit? Hmm. That's a good question. I would think in the summer, I mean, if there's anything going on in, at the Museum of Art, I love yeah. the Museum of Art. That was it's my a, first, one of my first thoughts too. It's a phenomenal place. You know, that that's really cool. And then, um, you know, the Natural History, History Museum. I love the Natural History Museum. Uh, that's one of my fave places. And then um, Ashley and I are both theater buffs. Yes. And we are so lucky to have this theater district, the second largest theater district in North America, right here in Cleveland. And I cannot tell you how excited I am every time I'm down there. You live down there, Ashley, so you yeah, see it all the time. Great. But when I look up and I see that big chandelier in the middle of Playhouse Square, I love it. I love the fact that we have that kind of culture here. It is it is great. We both, each of us have separate um, season ticket packages, yes. uh, you know, to Playhouse Square. And so we're always talking about, you know, how we liked the, you know, the latest show down there. So uh, that's something that, you know, I think, you know, anybody should take advantage of that. It's so great. And we have a wonderful food scene here. I mean, we are mm -hmm. a foodie town. We've got such great restaurants uh, with Rocco Whalen here and his new Fahrenheit right on uh, public square there. And we've got Michael Simon and so many more. And we're very, very lucky to have everything that we have here. And I'll tell you so many people that move into Cleveland are so surprised by everything it has to offer. Yes. And right. And if, if everything happens the way that it should happen over the next 10 years, it's going to be even better. Yeah, my first thought, which is kind of random, but it's because it's something I just did a few weeks ago. Um, Mary Kay, I don't know how often you venture out to the east side because we're both west siders to our bones. But um, at Pinecrest, there is one of these silver spot cinemas, movie theaters, where there's only a handful of them around the country. So if you come in to Cleveland and you have some downtime, I really recommend going to this if you haven't tried it, because it literally is like a restaurant and bar that also happens to be a movie theater. And I was so pleasantly surprised by the food. Like they have sushi and vegan chicken wings and sliders and bar food and all kinds of mixed drinks. And it was such a fun experience when I went last month. Um, so that's definitely something underrated on the other side of town. I also think like, I don't know, I'm a West Sider. I'm giving these East Side recommendations, but I think Little Italy in Cleveland is so underrated. I think especially the food scene, if you like Italian food, you have to at the very least go to Corbo's Bakery, which there's also one in Playhouse Square. Um, I think those are we could be some pretty good recommendations, I think, out of out of all the things to do here. Oh, absolutely. I love Little Italy. I absolutely love Little Italy. I actually hope that we can expand it. I, I yes, would love awesome. to see it go up the streets a little bit with even more restaurants and more festivals and more fun. I love little Italy. I've got a lot of favorite restaurants there. Uh, summertime, you can't beat the patio at Guarino's. I love the patio there, especially when there's strolling music. Uh, so much fun. Um, you know, La Dolce Vita is one of my all-time mm. favorites there. Uh, Mia Bella, so many good restaurants there. So many good restaurants. And, uh, you know, it's just the culture. I'm 50% Italian. Um, and so my, you know, my father and all of his, uh, you know, four brothers and his sister, 100% Italian. So my, you know, I, I came from, you know, bocce ball and, uh, our family reunions on my dad's side of the family, it was just, I mean, you it, you would not mistake it if you happened upon the reunion, what nationality it was. I mean, like, yeah. there we there would we we would be playing the bocce ball and every everyone just looked very Italian. But um, so I love Little Italy. You're right about that. I'm going to go to the movie theater that you're talking about. Yes. That, that sounds it's like so, so fun. much fun to me. It's yes. so fun. And the food, like I said like was pleasantly surprised because you go to a movie theater and you hear food, you think like movie theater food, right? Like you think like stale hot dogs and maybe some lukewarm chicken nuggets. Like a, if you want to get fancy, like, no, this is like actual, they hand you a menu and you order and it, it was great. It was such a fun time. Um, oh, and I want to do that. 
Yeah, you have to. And along those lines, um, somebody, Bud Genovese from Santa Clara, California, wanted to ask us what our favorite restaurants were on the west side, east side, and downtown. And I think I have some, I was thinking about this as Mary Kay was talking the last answer so that I'd have something to say. And downtown, I'm going to start with downtown since I live downtown. And I think I'm going to have to go with Mabel's Barbecue. Like we've talked about Michael Simon already, but that is such a good barbecue place. And it's such like, his own thing. I went there on my birthday this past year for my 30th birthday. I like it so much. Um, and then East Side, I'm actually going to go with my college roots um, in John Carroll. So besides anything in Little Italy, which is all amazing, I love Pizzazz out by John Carroll. That is like the quintessential John Carroll restaurant. It is right at the front of campus. And it sounds weird. It's an Italian place. It's a pizza place, obviously, by the name of it. But they have an amazing salad. And my friends and I in college like used to order a catering tray of this salad for our house if we had like the basketball events or whatever. Um, and then West Side, it's hard to say. Like I was thinking about this because I'm like Barrio has multiple locations, but I'm gonna go with Barrio because like I, when I think of Barrio, I always think of the Lakewood Barrio, either there or Ohio City Burrito in Ohio City. Like I love. Um, and it's just hard to pick. Like all my favorite restaurants are on the West Side. Like I love Wine Bar and Market and Rocky River too. It's really hard to pick. It really is hard to pick. It is. I live in Rocky River, and I love that now we have a bunch of little, uh, you know, fun little restaurants and stuff to go to. As you mentioned, like uh, Wine Bar and the Market. I mean, it's very fun to sit out on that patio in the summer at Wine Bar. Uh, very cool. And then um, downtown, uh, some of my favorites are Aqua de Luca. Um, Luca on the viaduct. I love Luca on the viaduct. Mm -hmm. Um, Blue Point Grill is one of my all time classic favorites. Uh, of course, I mentioned Fahrenheit now. Fahrenheit's going either, I don't know if it's opened up yet on, um, on Public Square, but it, it will soon be, uh, where the old John Q's was. On the east side, JoJo's in Chagrin Falls. Have you been there, Ashley? I don't think so. No. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. And then there's a couple other places um, right around here. And that's um, Bar Italia in Lakewood. Love Bar yeah. Italia. And then Sam and Dave's is another one of those old tried tried and true favorites. Ooh. And Chatty's Pizza. Chatty's Pizza yes. in the summertime. <laughs> yes, you do always talk about Chatty's Pizza. I do have to try there and try their cauliflower crust, which I know you have talked about. It sounds so good. Always looking for good pizza places. Yeah, I was thinking to Cordelia's downtown. Like that just opened last summer. It's more of like a smaller plates kind of place. But if you come to Cleveland, uh, Bud, I definitely recommend trying it there. The food is so good. It's all like farm to table stuff. I kind of love that environment. Um, so definitely recommend. Now let's go out to our friend Todd from the West Side in Bay Village. Todd wants to know, has anyone on the pod ever seen a ghost or experienced a supernatural phenomena? Um, I have. Mary Kay, have you? I have. It's a little weird to talk about, but yes, I have. You want to tell yours? Yeah, mine's like not, I guess, that surprising. I live downtown, like Mary Kay said, I live in Playhouse Square, and theaters are notoriously thought to be haunted. Especially Playhouse Square, these buildings are like 100 years old. So I joked when I moved in here, like, there's no way this apartment building isn't haunted. Like, it has to be haunted. And like, when I first moved in, the maintenance guy was like, yeah, the lights flicker in here sometimes. And like, we don't really know why. And I'm like, that's not concerning at all. And I went on actually this past October, to a ghost tour of the Playhouse Square theaters with one of my friends from home, Monica. And they're talking about the different like sightings of ghosts that people have seen in the Playhouse Square theaters over the years. And they were, we weren't in the Hannah Theater, which is like near where I live, but I'm like, I wonder if it's going to come up because I always, I just, I feel like something is there and I'm not big into like ghosts or supernatural stuff. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. And he's going through all the theaters and he finally mentions like, oh, well, the Hannah Theater, he's like, there, there actually is a, a female ghost, we think that lives there and she actually like has she what they think about her this supposed ghost is that she's very protective of the theater she enjoys the theater so like you can't shouldn't do anything disrespectful during a show while you're at the hannah which you shouldn't do that anyway but i always have like the elevator door opens for me randomly again my lights start flickering 
I don't know why. And ever since then, I'm like, it's the ghost. And she knows I like the theater. So she's like just making me aware that she's there. And she's never done anything negative to me. But I joke, sometimes she does like to play tricks on me with the elevator. Or like the elevator won't move. Or this all just could be building code violations <laughs> now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it. But I like to think it's the ghost. It's fun, more, there more enjoyable for me that way. Yes, it's more dramatic to have yeah. a story like that. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm not going to tell my weirdo supernatural story on this particular pod because Ashley will find herself having to like oh, cut no. it out of the pod. So. Yeah, that's a good idea. We we need to save those kind of edits for when Dan's here because I'm not that advanced yet and we don't want Mary Kate to have any regrets after we are finished recording. So that's right. good. let's go to something um, more fun. These We have got two questions from Andres in Canada. This one made me laugh and it's just a quick one to answer. So, so he says from seeing some of our stand-up interviews who is taller dan or ashley the answer and dan is not here to defend himself but it is me like i am definitely taller than, than dan when i watch these back um and bonus question how tall is doug i think doug is like maybe an inch or two taller than me i'm 5'11 um i think doug's probably like six feet or six one six two somewhere in that like two to three inch range i'm guessing Doug's taller than me, though. You know, it's so funny because I just, um, when I'm out on the road, I was coming home from the NFL annual meeting, and I always see people in the airport, and they recognize me. And generally, people are so disappointed that I'm not taller. I mean, just so disappointed in me. And you know, Ashley, I go tromping along on my platforms. Uh, it's so really I've impressive. Got- <laughs> so that I can add, you know, three or four inches. I'm I'm very small. And uh and people, you know, just don't expect me to be that petite when they see me out and about. So sorry about that. I'm apologizing in advance. Nothing I can do about it. And then I got in the, when we were in the airport the other night, I was coming home from the annual meeting and we had to wait literally two hours for our bags. Two nightmare. hours. For our bags. I know it was a nightmare. I still have to address that. But some guy came from like across the, you know, the way waiting for his bags. And he came up and he was like, the guys over there were saying that you're Mary Kay Cabot, but you know, you just look different. You know, you just look different in person. <laughs> and it wasn't, it was sort of indignant. Like it wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't good. It just wasn't good. And I said, well, it is three o'clock in the morning right now. So and... <laughs> the perception could be a little bit off because we're all yeah. sleep deprived. Yeah. And I'm like, and I've been traveling for yeah. a long, long time today. So I clean up a little better than this and sorry to disappoint you. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> Andres also wanted to know what a dream vacation would be for us. And he made this a little broader, like if we wanted to say a location or just a type of vacation. Um, mine, besides Vegas, because I think Mary Kay will yell at me if I don't say Vegas. My true dream vacation, I want to go to Europe, but I especially want to go to Greece. I've never been to Greece. I am part Greek. My grandmother on my dad's side literally came over from Greece. So Going to Greece is like on my bucket list. That would be amazing. Um, my dream vacation uh, right now would be just touring all of Italy. I want to see all of it. I Last year when my daughter was doing an internship in London, my husband and I went over there and we visited her in London and had a wonderful time. And then camp, I love London and I keep telling Ashley that she's got to go to London too. I do. I do. Got to go to London. Got to go to London. And then, so then Cameron, my daughter and I, the one she's at Ohio State right now, we just hopped on a plane and headed over to Rome. And that's the cool thing that you can do in in Europe. You can take a train or you can take a plane and you can get to another country very easily and very quickly. And so we went over and spent a couple of days in Rome and toured, uh, you know, the Colosseum and the Vatican. And it was, it was just phenomenal. It's so surreal. Everything is just uh, larger than life. You can't imagine that these things were built back then and how they were built back then. And the food was outstanding. I mean, every bite of food was just so fresh and pure and different. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, I know. I want to go, like, I love the stories, like, you hear of people going to Italy, and they're like, I ate so much food, and I lost 15 pounds. Like, that it's just, like, different out there, and it's all so fresh, and you do so much walking anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, oh my God. You will 
absolutely love it. I know you will love it because you love, you know, the finer things. You love culture. Yes. You love theater. I actually went to the theater in London and saw Phantom of the Opera there. And that was, I mean, I had seen it a number of times before, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I was in London. I had to go to the theater district, right? Um, so, yes, that would be it. It would be, And I have been saving my hotel points. Points. Points so that we can do this Italy trip. So saving up those points and uh, really excited. But I, I want to see, you know, I want to see Venice. I want to see Florence. I want to see the Amalfi Coast. I want to go to Pompeii. I, you know, I want to do it all in Italy. And as I mentioned before, um, I am 50% Italian. So I do have an appreciation that way too. For sure. Well, let's switch gears over to pop culture now. Um, let me get my question list back here. So Dan from Chattanooga wants to know, what are the top three Netflix shows for each of us? And this is like, I was thinking about this and I'm like, it's so funny because there are so many Netflix shows out anymore. Like it, in the past, it was just the days where it was just like House of Cards and Orange is the New Black. And now there's like a bunch. So Mary Kay, do you have a handful off the top of your head? Well, I'll start with, um, I'll start with one and then you can say one and our yes. one might be the same one. And that Probably. is The Sopranos. I mean, my goodness, The Sopranos. Well, that's HBO. Oh, we're not should allowed we to this. Yeah. We could, yeah. should we extend it to like yeah. everything? Yeah. I think that's yeah. a good idea. I think yeah. it's too hard. It's too hard to just narrow it to Netflix. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's probably what they. Sopranos anyway. is really good. Yeah. It's sort of a generic term. What, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's like streaming. the Kleenex, the Kleenex of streaming. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. Netflix. Well, we're um, making it that. So if you didn't mean it that way, Dan, sorry, we're not getting specific to Netflix here. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, my goodness. Tony Soprano got me through, speaking yes. of being Italian, right? Yes. Tony Soprano got me through COVID. While we mm-hmm. were all locked in the house, that is what my husband and I did. We got excited to watch uh, The Sopranos every single night. That is what we did. And it was mm-hmm. great fun. I loved it. And uh, so that that's my number one. Yeah, I'm going to add a show that is on Netflix, but did not air originally on Netflix. And I know that Mary Kay likes it as well. And that is Gilmore Girls. Um, mm-hmm. And everyone, if you listen to recent podcasts, you may know I did just get a puppy. And we named him after the dog in Gilmore Girls, who was named Paul Anka. So everyone hears the name Paul Anka and thinks, oh, you named him after the singer? Like, that's kind of funny. But it's like, no, it's a layered joke. It's from the dog in Gilmore Girls. But like, yes, technically after the singer as well. Um, and I think we've talked about Gilmore Girls before on like one of these podcasts. Like, just yes. such a funny show, so fast paced, so it. pop culture like drenched. I just it it is like my comfort show. Oh, I I love it. I want to start from scratch and watch it all over again. And I I think you probably originally watched it with your mom, right? Yeah, yeah. When I was like probably like in middle school. And and so my daughter can't. I have two daughters. I have a son and two daughters, and they're all in their twenties. Um, but Cameron and I, uh, watched a lot of Gilmore girls together and I just love it, but I have to start over and watch it all over again. Um, so yeah, I definitely love that. And then, uh, another one of my faves is Peaky Blinders. I just, yeah. it, it takes a little while to get into it. Um, but once you do acquire a taste for it, it's really, really good. Love Peaky Blinders. Yeah. And that's, is that where Shelby's name comes from? Yes, my cat yes. Shelby was yes. named after Thomas Shelby. Yes, that's what I thought. Still need to watch that. Still have that one on my list. Um, I'm also going to think, like, I'm thinking through all the kind of shows I watch. And besides, like, Succession, which we always talk about. And mm-hmm. we've talked about Barry before, Dan and I. Like, those are also one of my, that's another one of my favorite shows. It's coming back to HBO soon as well. But I'm going to go with The Good Place, which is on Netflix, originally aired on NBC. Um, And it's just such like a good, smart half hour comedy that's really like only 20 minutes because when it originally aired, it aired with commercials. And my hottest take has always been like Mike Schur, who's the creator of that show, who also helped create The Office, Parks and Rec, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, I think The Good Place is his best show. And I think a lot of people think it's The Office, but I'm like, no, no, no. You need to watch The Good Place. It is genius and only four seasons. So really quick watch. You know, I'm going to have to tell Cameron about that because Cameron, um, you know, sort of caught my, uh, you know, sort of comedy writing bug, uh, which which was something that I aspired to do when I was was younger. And then I got the Browns beat and 
did not uh, follow up on that. But, you know, covering the Browns, there's a lot of comedy in that, too. So I think I'm good. But um, but I'll have to tell Cameron about the good place because she's a huge Parks and Rec. She's huge office. And also uh, the few episodes that she's had me watch of um, what's the what's the girl one with the girl one. Uh, New girl. New girl, New girl. Right? Yeah. New girl. The girl one. <laughs> we both, it's amazing that I got that from that description, honestly. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> New girl is so funny. I've only watched maybe four episodes of it. Mm-hmm. It is, have you watched it? I have not, but it's because I don't particularly enjoy the lead actress, Zoe Deschanel, for whatever reason. Like, just something that I'm like, I don't know if I could sit through this entire show, but I know, like, so many of my friends like it. It's like the the quirkiness that she has. I know some people don't mind that or, like, actively like that kind of humor. I, like, find it kind of cringy just a little bit. So (laughs) I don't know if I would like it, but I've heard only good things. This is just, like, a personal belief I have about myself. I mean, give it a chance. Watch the... uh walk of shame episode and you know if if you don't laugh your head off watching the walk of shame episode then then you're probably not going to like the show yeah well i'm laughing because mary Kay, you brought up the comedy your you know your your backup career plan in comedy and we actually got a question about that from glenn in dubuque iowa who wanted to know he's heard you mention that before and he wondered like if you could elaborate more on like what your comedic dreams were were you thinking he said more like sketch writing, like SNL, or more like stand-up comedy. Um, and he wants to know what like your comedic tastes are like. So I guess that's pretty broad. Yeah, you know what? Um, probably back then I would have been sort of like a... The, the funny part about the script that I wrote, the spec script that I wrote that I was asked to write, is <laughs> I just did my 20-something friends being funny. And it was before Friends. Yeah. And they yeah. were like, oh, we don't, we don't know if this is going to fly. And oh it was, my gosh. It was the same concept. It was the same kind of dialogue. It was the same kind of pacing. Um, but, but I, so they wanted me to adapt that script and script and turn it. It was just my own, you know, idea to do so, that, which is 20 somethings sitting around what, being funny. What I'm hearing is Mary Kay created friends and you I were did. here for somebody. I did. Maybe took your idea from that script for all we know. And they were like, Maybe. huh, I still have the script. I'll let you read the script sometime, Ashley. Okay. okay. So what I what I had to do was um, the guy that he worked for 20th Century Fox, and he was the boss of one of my best friends we, that we went to college together. And she went out there to become an entertainment lawyer, and I would always go out and visit her. And you know, and he asked me to write. He saw some things that I wrote, um, you know, just some little columns and stuff like that. And he asked me to write a spec script, and so. I tried the 20 something thing and he was like, no, 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 that's not going to fly. Let me, uh, you know, just write a Murphy Brown script. So I basically took the friends script that I was going to write. Yeah. And I just jammed it into this Murphy Brown script (laughs) as best I possibly could. Yeah. But I think it turned out, I mean, it did turn out. Okay. I, I, um, they, he just said, Hey, this is great. I love it. Um, he he sent it back to me and said, just flesh it out a little bit, flesh out your characters a little bit. That must just be something that they say, because I was like, this is yeah, like my best shot. Like, yeah. I should have probably just put a few commas in and stuff like that and change it up a little bit. But mm-hmm. I couldn't think of, I, I just kind of got stuck after that. I was like, I don't know what to do. And then I got the phone call that, hey, we're taking Tony Grossi off the Browns beat and we're putting you on. You have the Browns beat. You're the number one Browns beat writer. And that was in the middle of this guy saying, just flesh out your script a little bit and let's roll. And you're like, "Eh, I'm going to roll with something else now. (laughs) (laughs) And then so all of a sudden, I mean, it was just so overwhelming, you know, to think, okay, yeah. yeah. So that all happened, um, you know, that all happened all at the same time. But I'll let you read the script sometime. I actually, I I entered it into a national contest and it made like top 50. Wow. In the country. That's amazing. So I have the the letter that, you know, that shows that and everything. So you never know. Maybe there's still some script writing left in me somewhere down the road. I told you guys, Mary Kay is genuinely funny. This is a prime example. Um, Okay, so I thought this question was funny from Wes in Greensboro, North Carolina. He's Wes is bringing it back full circle for us because he wants to know who would be who from the Orange and Brown Talk podcast comparing us to characters from Succession. (laughs) 
first of all, I think we're all better people than any of the characters <laughs> on Succession. I don't know. I see Mary Kay and I both as kind of like Shiv, but like the girl boss parts of Shiv, the amazing clothes parts of Shiv, the not the like doesn't actually really know what she's doing, but the motivated part of Shiv. Like we have Shiv's good traits, I think. The crushing it in a man's world, Shiv. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like on our panel, that's Shiv, that is us. I think a lot of women in this business might relate to Shiv for better or for worse, but for us, it's it's the better parts of her. Well, what about, what if we kind of modified the question a little bit and said, what character out of any of these streaming shows that we've ever watched, do we feel like, or even a sitcom? Yeah. Do we, do we feel like, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm watching myself. (laughs) I have two. And one is obviously like Rory Gilmore from Gilmore Girls. I think (laughs) I'm very Rory, like perfectionist really good at school, wanted to be a journalist. Like, I think the dream of journalism actually probably subconsciously started because of Gilmore Girls. Um, and now when I talk about it, I'm like, Rory was a terrible journalist. And I can explain why in like a 500 word essay if I have to. Um, and then the other one, I don't know if you've ever watched Veep, Mary Kay, but I love Veep, great HBO comedy. And um, Amy Bruckheimer on Veep, I think I'm so much like, and she's much more intense than I am. But just again, that type a devoted to her job like at one point she's at a wedding and has to give up her phone and she's like i feel like i have a phantom limb like i can still feel the phone (laughs) buzzing in my hand and i think that's me like so i would say those two for myself oh i love it that that's great um i haven't watched veep yet i have to put that on my list so i i have an extensive list on my phone of all these shows now twins, I have to, Olsen twins. <laughs> right. And the reason why we call ourselves the Olsen twins, if people don't understand where we're going with that is all of a sudden, everybody kept on saying Mary Kay and Ashley, Mary Kay and Ashley, Mary Kay and Ashley, Kay and Ashley. And I was like, my gosh, where have I heard that before? <laughs> and uh, of course, Olsen twins. the Olsen twins. So, you know, maybe I should just go ahead and change my name to Mary Kate. It would be a lot easier to have one first name than two, because that's yes. very confusing. But, um, but anyways, so um, I got to put the good place on my list. I haven't watched Veep yet. That's got to go on the list. And then um, it's funny that you're Rory because Cameron is always telling me that I'm Lorelai. Oh, always my gosh. See, I always. think you're more of a Rory than a Lorelai, too. Do you? Yes. Like just the whole like type A, like I think Rory is so much more type A than Lorelai. Lorelai is a bit more like, I think you're, well, you really are both because I think like you can go with the flow, but you're very type A. I know. You are like the perfect mixture of both. I know. No, it's, it's funny that I guess from a, from a parenting sort of mom standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, the relationship that uh, that that Rory and Lorelai have very Absolutely. very very similar to what Cameron and I have, and I feel like I'm giving Celeste short shrift in this pod and Christopher, and I'm sorry, <laughs> you guys. It's just that Celeste has lived away from me for the last six years, and I don't get to sit around and watch television no. with Celeste, unfortunately. No. But I am visiting her for Easter, so I'm very excited about that. Um, but so it's Lorelai, and then um, on Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Why am I forgetting? Is it Claire? Yeah, what? Claire, right? Yeah, Claire. Claire. I'm Claire if there ever was a person. I'm very, very Claire. You high are st- very much like her. High strung. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I watch her and I think, God, that I'm is. I'm watching me. myself. That is so me. Yes. Also, blonde. Blonde yep. as well. Yeah. Um, one more, we have some more, a couple more pop culture questions. Well, these two were very similar. So I thought we'd combine them. Um, someone, this one from the 203 area code wanted to know our musical tastes as far as favorite artists and then regular Hey MK question asker Tom from Middlebury, Connecticut wanted to know what album you would take to a deserted island. Uh, Mm. So I can go first while Mary Kay thinks of it because I, uh, you may know, you've heard me mention her a few times. I love Taylor Swift. I was very stressed out getting Eras tour tickets. I somehow managed to get them for not one, but two shows. It is maybe my accomplishment of 2022 because that was truly like the Hunger Games. And I think if I had to pick one album to take to a deserted island, it would be one of hers. And I go back and forth between 
whether or not it would be Folklore, which was this album she released in 2020. She surprise dropped it. The writing is amazing. Um, or Reputation, which she released like around 2017-ish. Um, and I think that might be my favorite album. So I'm going to go with that. I am a Swifty for life. You are such a Swifty. Such a you Swifty. Really Good for you. I mean, you are so loyal, so consistent with that. Yes, um, I, absolutely. I must, right? Good for you. I mean, I must say that I haven't listened to as much music over the past probably even 20 years as I would yeah. like to because I just, well, first of all, I don't know. I just don't have anything set up where I can just go turn on some music around. I got to get that figured I got to get that figured out. But my musical tastes are very eclectic. And yeah. they, range, they range anywhere from I love soul. I love soul music. That used to be my, like my favorite kind of music back in the day. You know, the kind of like the Lionel Richie. I love, I love pop. I love, um, you know, I love like 1980s rock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love all that. Of course, you know, I'm, I am from that Bruce Springsteen era. I'm from the journey era. Um, you know, so I, you know, I love all of that, but I love all the, you know, I love all the new music. I mean, I might take a Harry Styles album with me to a dessert. Yeah. Party. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Harry's house. Let's do it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I love a lot of the new music. I, you know, it's fun. It's, it's upbeat. I love Taylor Swift. I've been to Tw- Taylor Swift's concert um, at the stadium. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a Swifty like you are, but I do love her music too. So I'm kind of all over the road, but I need to get back into it. There's so much good music right now. I there think. is, there is, there is a lot of good music right now. I always joke that like my musical tastes are very basic, but I don't apologize for them. Like, I think there's a reason certain artists, like there's a reason Terry Swift and Harry Styles and Beyonce and Lizzo are popular, right? Like, so I, I make no apologies for liking the music that I like. And I think everyone should do that. Yeah. I mean, my intro music on 92, the fan on, on Thursday, Thursdays at 11 o'clock is the weekend. Um, So he's another um, great one. Yeah. So I, you know, I like a little bit of everything mostly. Yeah. I I like a little bit of everything. I mean, my, when, when my husband and I get in the car to drive somewhere, he's always got uh, the seventies on seven going. So (laughs) listen to uh, all of the seventies music, you know, I, I can, I can really listen to, to almost anything, but I love the, you know, I love classic rock too. I mean, you know, Elton John, I've been to many Elton John, Billy Joel, Phil Collins, Garth Brooks. I mean, you name it. Yeah. Well, we got so many good questions from you guys. And unfortunately, we are not going to have time to get to them all. But I did want to get to one more. And Mary Kay knows what one I'm getting to because it actually is a question that prompted us to ask to text Dan and ask because Dan, of course, is not here. He's enjoying his vacation. He will be back on Monday. And truly, I cannot stress this enough. Anyone who feels the need to write in about this podcast, please appreciate how good Dan is at hosting these and editing them because I had to step in and try to fill Dan's shoes for five days. And this might be like the most stressed I have ever been since I started working here. The podcast on Monday came to you after a handful of tears were shed by me. So (laughs) that that being said, send Dan many kind words and thank you notes because he deserves it. But Paul Spencer from New York City wanted to know, does Dan use product in his hair? And do we know if he's ever attended any Renaissance fairs? So, Paul, I I (laughs) sent your question to Dan in my group text with him and Mary Gay. And Dan said, quote, the answer to both is yes. But I would like (laughs) to make it clear the Renaissance fair was not by choice. And he (laughs) did not elaborate any further. I have no idea how Dan got himself into a Renaissance fair situation (laughs) that he was forced to attend one, but maybe he will talk about it on another AMA pod if we do one this summer. But that, that is just the straight to the, to the meat of it answer from Dan. That is so funny. And he is very, very funny, by the way. I mean, yes. you know, sometimes some, sometimes we should just kind of let it rip and just really, instead of talking Browns all the time, try to show our personalities a little bit more because I'll tell you what, I mean, how funny is Dan, right? That's hysterical. I mean, we might have to give him a little bourbon beforehand, but yes. <laughs> he's funny. 
Dan is funny. Dan is funny. Dan is funny at the combine. Dan is funny in general. Dan is funny when he has to sit in the Browns media room between Mary Kay and I, and we are literally physically bending backwards and talking around him about hair (laughs) products and makeup products. And he's just forced to sit there and listen to us. But as Dan always says, it's okay. I grew up with sisters and I'm used to it. And little did we know that he can talk hair products right along with us. So, you know. Welcome. An invitation for you to join and add to mine and Mary Kay's hair products knowledge because we we love to bounce ideas off of each other. Absolutely. And Ashley, I got to say, you have been amazing this week on hosting the podcast and producing the podcast. And when Dan Dan did a little tutorial with us before he left for vacation. Last Friday. It was last Friday, a week from today. I'm still traumatized by it. Oh, my God. So much. And at the end, Dan goes, that's it. That's all you have to do. And I'm like, you sent me a like, three-page Google Doc with instructions. This is right? not at all you have to do situation. I know. Yeah. He gets to the end. He's like, and that's it? And I was like, are you kidding me, dude? If I had to try to do this, I would have to hand in my resignation tomorrow because there is no way that I could do even half of what you just said. And, and so actually, you played it so cool. You were like, okay, all right, yeah. And I'm like, okay, she's young and she gets it and she can. she's going to be able to just breeze right through this. And I would really struggle. And so the fact oh, that- no, you know, I struggled too. It was, it was uh, stressful. And like, I have, like, I always tell, it's funny because I always give when, you know, John Carroll has asked me to come back and like talk to journalism students like a handful of times. And they, they always ask me like, what advice would I have? Or what do I wish I could tell myself, you know, back when I was in college and- I, I always say, like, to make yourself as diverse as possible in terms of your skill set. Like, I think it's really important in this business. And, like, even looking at my job, like, I work for a newspaper, right? But I have to know how things work digitally. I have to know how to talk on in an audio format. I have to know how to do television, like, stand-ups, basically, that we do every day. So I always say that. So I'm lucky that I took my own advice when I was younger and remembered like the bare bones like of audio production from when I had to take an audio production class at John Carroll and worked at the campus radio station. But again, for Dan to produce all these podcasts like he does, I I have always respected Dan and I have so much more respect for him. And I didn't even think that was possible because this is not easy. So we doubly appreciate you listening to us um, when we do these and and it's great. So we will thankfully have Dan back with us next week and you will get to hear his voice once again. And maybe he will elaborate on the Renaissance Fair comment because now <laughs> I, I really want to know that as well. So until then, Please head over to cleveland.com slash Browns. You can check out all, all of our Browns coverage over there. I think I'm going to be putting up a mock draft on Monday. Haven't done one of those since the Elijah Moore trade. Mary Kay has tons of great coverage from out in Arizona. So if you click the blue banner at the top of the page over there, that will take you to become one of our Football Insider subscribers. Again, this is how we got all these amazing questions. You'll get the subscriber exclusive content on our site. You get texts from us. You get to participate in Q&As like this with us. Um, I'm forgetting something, I feel like. What else you get? You get a newsletter from us every single day written by someone on the Browns team. Unique content that you won't find on the site. So this has been fun, Mary Kay. I know we'd like to do these. We'd like to have some fun. We like when you guys play along with us. I know we'll, we'll get one when there's a bigger group of us. But um, we appreciate you guys hanging with us on, on a Friday like this. And Mary Kay, I will talk to you later. Sounds great. 